Hey everybody, it's Nick, and I've recorded this so many times, I think I'm losing my voice, actually. So I'm going to keep this quick. There's two things that I'd like you to know. Number one is that this episode that you're about to hear was recorded in the pandemic era of our life, which was just like a week and a half ago. So it was conceived and written and produced largely before the murder of George Floyd. And so we're releasing it because, you know, we think it's good. We want people to hear it. But we're also not ignoring what's happening in the world around us. We're going to be looking at that in a future episode. But we're putting this episode out today. And we're actually going to be doing our first WTS fundraiser, which is the second thing that connects to the topic of the second act. So I don't want to give everything out now. It would also take too long. But if you go to Explore WTS on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, you will see a way to donate money to several organizations. And if you donate to them starting today and then send us a screenshot of the donation, I personally will send you some items related to Act 2 of this show. So that's all I want to get into. If you want to know more about the specifics, we'll be back later this week to tell you more about it. Or you can read the show description or, as I said, Explore WTS. So we hope we hear from you. We hope we get to raise some money to help just in some small way make a difference. And I'd love to send you a package. Let's make it happen. That's at Explore WTS. And here's the show. Thanks. I love television. And I probably know more about TV than I know about books or poetry or movies. When I was a kid, I used to just take the little TV guide out of the Sunday paper and I would just read it cover to cover. I can tell you a lot about what channel shows aired on from the 80s and 90s, even though I haven't seen most of them. Recently, of course, we've been in what they call the golden age of television. So many great TV shows have come out in the last 25 years, really ambitious, moving things like Mad Men or Breaking Bad or The Wire or The Sopranos. Then there's more recent stuff like Fleabag or Watchmen or Atlanta. But of all the shows I've watched in the last few years, there's one show that really stands out. One program that can make me laugh one second and then cry the next. And I want to share a little bit of it with you. Iron. It makes up most of the Earth's core and is in our blood. It's also the reason we're here, for the most part. In 1844, the Marquette Iron Range was discovered, and soon after... It's a show called Joe Para Talks With You, and it airs on Adult Swim. The premise is fairly straightforward. Each episode has Joe Para educate viewers on different topics. Some of the episode titles include Joe Para Shows You Iron, Joe Para Takes You to Breakfast, Joe Para Takes You on a Fall Drive, Joe Para Shows You How to Dance. While Joe has a slow, reassuring tone that reminds many people online of Mr. Rogers, a lot of the residents of his town in northern Michigan find him to be a little awkward. Despite being around 30, he walks slowly with hunched shoulders like somebody in their 80s, and they find his fascination with seemingly mundane topics to be odd. Beans. They've got it all. Protein, carbs, fiber, affordable. One of the most nutritious plants of all time, they are nicknamed Poor Man's Meat. My name is Joe Para, and I think breakfast rocks, dude. I'm sorry. 
I guess I'm just excited and overwhelmed by the possibilities of Saturday morning breakfast. There's an entire episode where Joe reads the announcements at his church and can't help but share his enthusiasm for the Who's Baba O'Reilly. And the Roy P. Schimmelmacher toy drive will take place from December. I'm sorry, have you guys heard the Who? They rock, they're unbelievable. I heard them for the first time on Thursday and I haven't slept since. I was in my kitchen doing my... Uh, Joe Para is played by a man named Joe Para, And like Mr. Rogers, it can be difficult to know where the character ends and the real person begins. But the thing about Joe Para is that he cares deeply about the things that most of us take for granted. Whether it's iron or breakfast or... If you're still awake, I've got something special to show you. It's my sheet music collection. To be clear, Joe Para Talks With You is a comedy, but it comes with so much heart. It's beautifully shot and it's beautifully scored. And as I said, I, I find it hilarious and also deeply moving. And it's not because the show has a lot of super dramatic things. It's because Joe Para Talks With You has this ability to show you how important even the smallest, quietest gestures and victories are to someone and how the first step in seeing the little things is to slow down. If nothing else, just go watch the show. As of right now, the whole first season is on adultswim.com, and there's a bunch of episodes on YouTube as well. We'll have the links in the show description. But I also hope that in today's just, like, crazy, weird world, that you take the time you intentionally stop and think about the little things like beans or old sheet music because even the tiniest amount of intention can go a long way. The snap beans will hang down so that when I walk under, I'll be able to just reach up and pick a bean. Imagine that. Not having to bend over to pick a bean. Welcome to Where There's Smoke, the show where we explore self-development through the lens of current events, pop culture, and experience. This week, we are slowing things down and taking some time for our minds. I have a conversation with Mark Champagne about reflection and intention, and then we put some of those ideas into practice. My name is Brett Gaida. Hello. I'm Nick Jaworski. Let's start the show. Some version of this show has been on our minds for a while. I have notes and drafts that date back to at least October 2018 because we are constantly caught up in the pace of our lives and what I once heard a South African call the glorification of busy. And we think that we'll take the time soon. You know, we'll catch up tomorrow. We'll slow down on the weekend. Many of us think we are actually waiting for life to provide that pause for us. You know, I'll get to it when things slow down. But that's just a lie we tell ourselves. And this moment we are in right now proves it. Because for the large majority of us, life has done just that. Slowed down. And how have most people responded to this slowdown? 
They've rushed to fill the time, looking for Netflix shows to binge, friends to Zoom, bread to bake, anything perhaps to avoid just being with our thoughts. And the thing is, I don't believe that most of us do this consciously to avoid quiet time or reflection time. It's just how we're wired. It's our autopilot. Like, I think the thinking part of our day is what keeps getting pushed to the side, you know, for productivity or I've got to deliver this, I've got to deliver that. And it's that that moment of, of creating time or space to actually let your mind do, you know, do the magic where the reflection takes place. Like That's the sweet spot. And that's what really lights me up. That is Mark Champagne mental fitness advocate, entrepreneur, podcast host, and author in progress. What Mark is passionate about is the prompts that shape our lives. Prompts in the form of questions and how those reflections actually fit into the overall mental fitness that keeps our minds running. And that just lights me up. So I'm on a mission to uncover those practices, those questions, and chat with as many people as possible who want to talk about that. And Mark has talked with a lot of people. In the past three and a half years, he's interviewed over 175 world-class thinkers on their mental fitness practices and is currently working on a book that compiles all this research and experience. He has identified a significant common factor between these exceptional writers, designers, strategists, entrepreneurs, technologists, musicians, illustrators, athletes, chefs, and photographers. Do go on. They all continually rewire their mind through powerful, reflective questions. It's a, it's a really nuanced thing because, and, and this is where the book is coming from, the, the realization of interviewing all these different people in the podcast and having conversations about journaling, even, even they don't realize that that's what they're doing. And it's that, oh, it's when you're walking down the street and you're taking some time to think. What are you doing? I'm thinking. But before we dig into the practice, I want to lay out the why. Because this thing I talked about in the opening, this nonstop autopilot that is pushing us to go, 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 it can have a pretty hefty price. To prove the point on this stuff is if your mind stops working, you can't do anything else. So it, it's not even, you know, even with when it comes to the body, you break your leg uh, and you're, I don't know, your soccer player. Well, that's kind of st stopped that, but you can do other things. But when your mind goes, and I mean, there's so many different ways of where it can go. Uh, some obviously really major and some uh, more minor, but at the, like, the theme of it all is that for sure you're not performing at your best personally and professionally. You're probably not showing up uh, as your best as a husband, wife, mom, son, sister, friend, brother, whatever the situation is. And at its, at its very worst, you know, sometimes you just can't even get out of bed. And obviously the, the ultimate is, is, you know, you choose no longer to live. So for me, like, it's just like when we used to fly on airplanes and you say you have to put your oxygen mask on first before helping others. We have to do that with our mind. We all win when we do that. And so this is about how you choose to make time for your mind, for your mental health. 
knowing that no one else, nor the world or life, can choose it for you. And unless you take the time, the time will take you somewhere else. And I feel like there's so many more uh, people out there that could benefit, especially, you know, in the time that we're in now where there's just a lot of uh, uncertainty and fear. It's just, it's, it's almost like you have that, like I said, a superpower with you at all times because you can be resilient in so many different situations, just even knowing that you have the tools to process emotion and process situations. Do you have times you wish your mind was more clear, focused, resilient? Would you like to have more control over your thoughts? That is the superpower Mark is talking about. A superpower already uncovered by many brilliant humans on this planet and available to all of us. Self-reflection through journaling. But probably not journaling as you think about it. It's not always pen to paper. Um, to me, it's just pure, flat-out reflection. This, just the act of thinking and taking time to slow down and process you know, questions that might be in your head or things that are on your mind, like that is the, that's the actual practice behind journaling. And the purpose of this practice? Clarity. Then I have moment of clarity. Because all of these mental fitness practices all they're doing, uh, from my opinion, is really helping increase our self-awareness and bring a lot more clarity to what a lot of the things are already happening in front of us. Just now we're seeing them and now we're seeing the signs we're like, ah, you know what? That's the third time that like this thing has come up. Maybe I'm not approaching it this way and I should go down this path. Um, but it's hard to see that when your mind to use a parallel to a physical room, let's say, is jammed floor to ceiling with boxes. And you can't see the back corner of the room because there's just too much stuff there. Or in your mind's case, there's too many emotions running wild. Or there's relationships there that are uh, bothering you that are no longer serving you. And it's just jammed. And, and that's when you, know, when you can start unpacking some of that stuff and releasing. All of a sudden, now you have the space for this incredible thing on the top of our shoulders to actually work some serious magic. We live in a society obsessed with solutions. But are we asking the right questions? Self-reflection operates on a principle that we have always taken to heart here at Where There's Smoke. And that is that we have so many of the answers to our own questions or issues that we're trying to solve. If we just slow down a bit, give ourselves a chance to ask the questions and perhaps even more important, the space to answer them. So I, I think I think that's where the questions come in, in, into play. And I just, I'm fascinated with them because if you think of our, our lives in general, it's it really is just a set of questions and answers. I really do think that all of us, everyone listening right now, 100% of us are journaling on a daily basis. We're just doing it in different fashions and we're doing it at different levels. It's like, what's behind this feeling? Well, what's, you know, what's behind that? Or what's, what's really triggering the fact that I don't want to get up and run on the treadmill this morning? Well, is it, 
is it the morning or is it something I did the night before? Or is it the fact that I can maybe, you know, put my gym clothes out beside my bed? Like it just forces you down a, a path of reflection that eventually you get to a lot of these root causes and you can make the changes there. Because if we can't see what's creating our actions past the surface level, it's impossible to make the changes to shift the action, right? Or you shift the, you make small little changes, but you're, you know, underwhelmed with the result because it's not actually what you're, you know, trying to solve here. Look, we all have one mind and one life, at least that I'm aware of. And if you don't take time out to reflect, both of them will be gone before you know it. Actually, in some cases, without us even knowing it. But you have to choose. Because there is a ton of noise and agendas and algorithms and assholes out there who will take your mind and your time from you if you don't choose. But here is the great news. Like, the really great news. It doesn't have to be hard. As Mark wrote in his book Synopsis, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars on a therapist or leave on a mindfulness retreat in a tropical destination to do this. Like, I think that's where, where again, the, the narrative or, or the way we think about this stuff is that it, it has to really take out of our current routine versus looking at what am I doing in my current routine where I can kind of inject this in where it doesn't disrupt too many things. You know, journaling, for example, it literally can just be a one, a one question thing when, while you're brushing your teeth of how do I want to feel today? One word. And it's unbelievable how powerful that can be when you say, you know what, I want to be happy today or I want to feel motivated today. And just by setting that intention, the day starts to unfold like that or uh, it's, it's a hell of a lot better than what it would have unfolded like had you not gone through that. It's, it's just really powerful stuff. I mean, I, the only thing I would leave people with would be just, you, you know, like anything, don't, don't be afraid to try you know, different things and, and find the practice, whether it's journaling, meditation, there's just, there's so many different things, but just finding some time to prioritize your mind, even if it's five or 10 minutes a day that allows you to start seeing the benefits of what this stuff can do and, and just have fun with it. It's a practice for a reason. We're always hard on ourselves for pretty much everything in life. So, you know, try to be easy on yourself and, and just enjoy it. Enjoy the experimentation of what, what this can bring. Thank you to Mark Champagne for talking with me. If you want to follow him and find out more about his podcast, his new book, get on his mailing list. He actually has a guided printed journal that will be coming out pre-book for the holiday season of 2020. Everything lives over at BehindTheHuman.com. That's BehindTheHuman.com. Head there and get connected. Pencils. We think of pencils as being cheap and disposable, but we've been using them for hundreds of years to put our thoughts onto paper. You might know a number two pencil, maybe we even know about Ticonderoga, but pencils come in all kinds of shapes and sizes and hardnesses. 
and each pencil has a unique job that it's suited for. Hi, I'm Nick Jaworski. That sound you're hearing right now is the sound of me writing this script with a Blackwing Volume 1. It's a limited edition pencil honoring the country artist Guy Clark's album, Old Number 1. I'd never heard of Guy Clark before, but the people at Blackwing thought it was important to honor him in the best way possible, through a pencil. Their website says, the Blackwing 1 is a nod to Guy Clark and his perfectly imperfect style. Blackwing's first round pencil features a matte gray washcoat finish that lets the wood grain show through a, quote, blue collar eraser that pays tribute to Guy's favorite blue shirt and balanced graphite perfect for songwriting. I like Blackwing pencils because they're so smooth. It's almost like painting. The graphite just glides along the paper. I love it for writing in my planner and taking notes. The volume one is nice because the round barrel means that I can write longer without the edges of the pencil digging into my fingers. The soft lead does mean that it gets dull quicker, but that's okay, because then I get to use my sharpener. This is a Blackwing one-step long-point sharpener. There are other nice sharpeners out there, but this one creates a curved point that just seems more durable. Plus, when the canister of the sharpener fills up, you get to unscrew the beautifully machined top. About a year ago, I came to an important realization. Most of my life is completely nonsense. Between work and Netflix and YouTube and social media, I can barely remember anything that I do on a given day. And while there are definitely a variety of things I can do to restore balance in my life, I want to highlight the fact that screens and social media are a particular problem for a lot of people, including myself. You see, the algorithm's goal is to keep my attention for as long as possible without regard for what I watch, just that I keep watching. It has one job, to steal attention and time from me long enough so it can show me another ad for a monthly snack subscription box. I don't know who they are. All right. <laughs> That'll be your job. Who's ships? But you gotta take this along. Some people like to say that social media and online videos aren't really that different than cable television when some of us were kids. You had like 70 channels or something, right? But I think they're wrong. Back then, you had to wait for your favorite show to come out, and no matter how many channels you had, eventually you would get bored of flipping and could either watch something totally new and different, or just turn the TV off and go to your room to play with your Transformers. Now, you don't stand a chance against the algorithm. It takes so much work 
just for me to get off of Facebook or Twitter, and I have years of practice not being on them. Just imagine what it must feel like for a child. Did you notice that this pencil sounds different? That's because I switched to a number three Blackfeet Indian pencil. These were made by the Blackfeet Nation in Montana from 1972 to 1992. They leave a much lighter line than the volume one, and it's much less smooth. It feels less like painting and more like scratching your thoughts onto paper. But the point retention is amazing. This pencil is perfect for taking notes while in nature or for keeping score while playing miniature golf with your friends. It also erases very easily, which makes it very forgiving, as far as pencils go. Do you remember when you were a kid and you had a crush on that girl or boy from camp? Once camp was over and your mom picked you up, all you wanted was to see your crush again. But despite how hard you tried, you were only in eighth grade you weren't going to make it to Michigan on your own. You'd write letters and call their house phone and have to speak to their mom, but it wasn't the same thing, and you never saw them again. But you still wrote emails and letters until one day you finally realized they'd moved on. My worry is that we've lost the ability to really want things anymore, to yearn for them. Just ask yourself, when was the last time you wanted something. Whether it's the new Peter Gabriel album that seems to take forever, the solution to Who Shot Mr. Burns that you waited all summer for, and then it turned out to just be the baby, or the passing period where you got to see your crush for three minutes before you had to run to language arts. These are all things that you wanted, and so when you got them, you loved it. Our technology is so fast and can give us almost anything instantly, but it's usually not anything we actually wanted. In fact, often it's something that we didn't even know existed until it showed up on our screen. And that kind of sucks. Yearning and waiting and wanting is so important to our lives and to our experiences. To paraphrase playwright George Firth, we need to want something not just some thing, which today is oftentimes just the next thing. Did you know that the thing at the end of the pencil that holds the eraser is called a ferrule? Well, now you do. Someone from Florida that I met online in a pencil enthusiast Facebook group sent me a random assortment of pencils they'd collected over the years. One old-looking pencil has the words Corti Hardware on it. It's a store in Florissant, Missouri. That's about a 30-minute drive from me. That's incredible. How did this pencil make it all the way to Florida? It turns out that Corti's is still there, but it's a custom framing and antique store now. It was opened in 1946 by Frank and Josephine Corti as an appliance store. According to their website, on Friday nights, the families of fluorescents would bring lawn chairs and coolers to sit in front of the store and watch the televisions in the display windows. 
They eventually changed to a hardware store, and Frank retired in 1987, and his son Tom took over. Unfortunately, Tom was diagnosed with cancer and passed away in 2010. The local newspaper said simply that, quote, Tom was always available to meet and talk with customers, end quote. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Cordy's. I just wanted to let you know about our 20% off all vendors going on this week. So enjoy your nice little tour. That voice is Tom's sister, Michelle. She took over the store after Tom died, and she still runs it today. And there's Michelle. Well, thank you for taking our short tour, and I uh, hope to see you soon. Our store hours are Monday through Friday from 10 until 5, and Saturday... One day, when this is all over, and we can go about our lives, I'll go to Corti's and tell Michelle about how her family's pencil made it all the way from Florissant to Florida and back. I'll also give her the pencil, because it always feels good to bring somebody back home. And just think, all of these lives and all of these stories came to me from just some writing on a pencil. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry this has taken so long to get to my point, but I'm almost done, I promise. By the way, I've switched to a Musgrave Tennessee Red Cedar pencil. It's not my absolute favorite pencil for writing, but a pencil made from red cedar is rare nowadays and is a bit more difficult to produce, so it feels like a special treat. Also, the smell of the Tennessee Red is amazing. It's like having a party in your nose. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that when I'm using a pencil, I feel good. I feel present. I feel connected. I slow down. I write more. I research different species of trees and local hardware stores. Every time I use one of my pencils, it's an intentional act that brings me some level of peace. It's a nice feeling. Do you know that saying, all that glitters is not gold? It's just trying to tell you that just because something is shiny, expensive, or convenient doesn't mean it's valuable or important. I never really thought about it until I got these pencils. Pencils are thought of as cheap and disposable, boring. But if you just stop and think about it, they may not be connected to the internet, but there's so many people and lives and stories connected to each and every pencil. The truth is that most of the people I'm friends with on social media, they wouldn't have made my Christmas card list 40 years ago. I'd go 20 years without hearing from someone, and then I'd see them on some random street and say, John? And that doesn't mean that I don't care about them, but I think we humans have a limited capacity for what we can truly care about and invest in at a given moment. There's a scene from... NBC's community where Jeff is running to Pierce to borrow his ear inoculars so he can hear what others are saying about him. Pierce! Pierce, give me your ear thing. Got rid of it. You see, Jeff, there are certain things man was not meant to hear. We were designed by whatever entity you choose to hear what's in this range. And really, this range alone. Because you know who's talking to us in this range the people we love. So, maybe it's not pencils for you. Although, I do hope some of you check them out. 
I'd be happy to give recommendations. But no matter what it is, I think it's important that you find something to help slow you down, not just something to distract you. Shed yourself of what's convenient to you so you can discover what's important to you. Also, that all that glitters is not gold quote isn't always right. I have a Blackwing Diana pencil that is gold colored with a gold ferrule and gold eraser, and it's awesome. <laughs>